This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey, everybody. It's Don LaGreca with the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. And I got to tell you, it was pretty funny seeing Stephen A. Smith on ESPN breaking down what's wrong with the Edmonton Oilers. But you know what? It was funny. And it was also something that's very topical because that seems to be what a lot of people around the National Hockey League are talking about. What's going to happen with Connor McDavid? But I've got news for you. This is not the NFL. This is not the NBA. You usually do not see players orchestrate their way out of a situation. Connor McDavid owned it. He did not play well in this series. And they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets. All the games were close, overtimes and all that, but still... A very disappointing early exit for Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers. But the idea that they're going to break this thing up, the idea that Connor McDavid is going to be dealt, I, I just seriously doubt it. He's the, Hockey players just don't do that. Uh, now, he's got reasons to be very frustrated because we could put a lot of um, emphasis on his lack of goal scoring. We could put a lot of emphasis on Leon Dreisaitl, who did have a couple of good games and wasn't completely quiet. But really what it comes down to is this is the NHL. It's not the NBA. One player, two players cannot carry the load. All right? Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are going to play half the game, you know, between the two of them. And there just isn't enough players for Edmonton to be able to win. Look at Winnipeg, okay? Winnipeg is not a championship caliber team, although I I can see them getting to the whatever the third round conference final, whatever you want to call it. But Connor Hollebuck's a legit goaltender. He's been a Vesna Trophy candidate. He's won playoff games before. He's played in the conference final. Mike Smith just Mike Smith's a nice story, but Mike Smith is not a championship caliber goaltender. Neither is Costigan. So they don't have the goaltending. They don't have the blue line outside of their top two. And it's really just one. It's a nurse. Bear had his problems. You know, and then you look at any other scoring besides Dreisidel and McDavid, and it's just not there. It, it, it is a very, very top-heavy team. Now, we've seen top-heavy teams. We talk about Boston being a, a team that really relies on Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, but they've got guys like Krejci that can score big goals. They've got guys like um, uh, the, the blue line that can do some things, like Carlo and McAvoy and Grizzlick. And, of course, they've got a championship-caliber goaltender in Rask. So they're much deeper so it's not just, oh, you're too top-heavy on offense. They're just too top-heavy as far as having significant players that can drive them. And they've got to find a way to be able to try to put together a championship-caliber team for Connor McDavid before McDavid's going to start looking to go elsewhere. So all of these teams fantasizing about a big deal being made, a Wayne Gretzky type of deal, I just don't see that. I don't think it's going to happen. It's just a hope that Lee Edmonton will get their act together and start finding some players that are not named Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, that can help this team get to the promised land. Great regular season for them, but when you get to the postseason, it's a completely different animal. And even though Winnipeg struggled down the stretch, they know how to play in the postseason. Uh, They've got guys there that have played big-time minutes in big-time postseason games, and once they got Ehlers back, once they got Dubois back, you knew that they were going to be able to control that series. I thought that Dreisaitl and McDavid would be enough because of how Winnipeg struggled, but the second Ehlers got back in the lineup, it was pretty much 
lights out. So that's what I had to say about the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the series between Carolina and Nashville has just been an absolute gem. It, it really just has been a gem. And maybe this will be one of those front-running series where the home team is just going to win every game which means we're going to get to seven. Now, I thought Carolina was going to win in a sweep. I didn't buy into Nashville's uh, play down the stretch. But UC Soros has been so good for this team, uh, and they just know how to play that tight-checking type of game, and they've got a couple of overtime wins in their back pocket. Couldn't get the one last night. Feels so good for Jordan Stahl. He's been such a good player in this league for a long time. You go back to his days in Pittsburgh, and uh, he gets the game-winning goal. Great hand-eye coordination, batting it out of the air, giving the Hurricanes the 3-2 series lead. Uh, And now you just sit back and you wait. And what's going to happen between Tampa and Florida – and they're going to be playing tonight. Their big game six in Tampa. Will Spencer Knight be the difference maker to force a possible game seven? But, boy, I can't wait to see any of those four teams play each other in the next round. If Nashville can find a way to get out, they'd be great against either Florida or Tampa. Same thing with Carolina. Boy, that is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And then, of course, the Islanders and Penguins tonight from the Coliseum. First time the Islanders have a chance to close out a series on Coliseum ice since 1993 when they made that run to the conference final oh so many years ago. And that was a huge game um, five win for them to be able to win it in Pittsburgh, be able to win it without scoring the first goal. uh, And just a huge turnover by Jari. How shaken is he by that? Again, beaten high glove side, but it was his turnover to Bailey that led to the game-winning goal and really just changed the complexion of this series. It's going to be tough for Pittsburgh to get up. I like the Islanders to be able to finish it off. And there sits Boston, right? While, while Tampa and Florida and Carolina, you know, they're all beating each other up, just trying to get out Nashville. You know, there sits Boston, just waiting for what happens with the Islanders and Penguins. Uh, they're well-rested. Colorado is well-rested. I mean, those to me, those are the two teams that have been the most impressive in these playoffs. And, and obviously, Boston took care of business in five. Colorado took business, take care of business, the four straight win over St. Louis. Granted, I don't think you know either of uh, you know the St. Louis and, and certainly the the health condition of Washington. Um, certainly, they had something to do with their early exits. But Avalanche and Boston just sit there while all these teams beat each other up, and you wonder how much that is going to play in what happens in the next round. Boston either taking on Pittsburgh or the Islanders, and any Boston fans just hoping that there's a game seven there, so they'd have to play until Friday. Probably won't start until Sunday, giving Boston a full week to rest their weary legs and get ready for a cup run. And then with the Wild and Golden Knights tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern, uh, obviously Colorado's hoping that the Minnesota can force a possible Game 7. At least the Game 6 is going to be in Minnesota as Colorado waits for the weight winner of this series. I think it's going to be Vegas and Colorado, but with a series that I think is going to be so evenly matched. Same thing with Boston, whether it's Pittsburgh or the Islanders. That extra rest is going to be just so 
vitally important. So there's just so much to get into with these playoffs. It's been so much fun. And I, I just can't wait for that. Uh, wanted to get a little bit of a touch, uh, I would give my opinion, on Gretzky getting hired by TNT. And I, 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 I thought it was funny um, just seeing the reaction on Twitter. Keith Oberman, I thought, had a great tweet um, about this whole idea that Gretzky is going to be to the NHL on TNT that Charles Barkley has been to the NBA on D&D, and it just, it's laughable because Wayne's not that guy, all right? Wayne is going to be very interesting on television. He really is, and obviously he's resigned for the Edmonton Oilers to join TNT, and they're going to have a heck of a, a roster with Kenny Albert and Andy Olchuk and now uh, adding Wayne Gretzky. Wayne, Wayne is just such an amazing guy. I think I've told this story on Game Misconduct. I know I've told it on K. Yeah, I've met him a handful of times. One of the great moments of my sports life was when I was doing a game between the Leafs and the Rangers, and I got into Toronto late because I had to do the K-Show, got in at about 11 o'clock, wanted to get something to eat before the bar closed at the hotel. And sitting uh, at the bar, sitting in the little restaurant, little table uh, at the bar, was John Rosasco, who was the PR director of the Rangers, and, uh, of course, um, Billy Jaffe, people Islander fans know him. Bruin fans know him uh, for his analysis on those with those two teams. Now, currently with Boston, he's done things nationally, of course, on the NHL Network, and I've known him for years. And um, and and um, sitting down with with him and just getting a burger. And uh, John Rosasco says he's coming. And first showing up was Mike Madano, and, and and I know Mike a little bit, but then Wayne Gretzky came in, and just to be able to break bread with Wayne Gretzky, one of the thrills of my life. But anyway, fast forward, uh, going back, I guess not this season, but last early last season, uh, a couple of a couple of seasons ago, the pandemic has got my timeline all screwed up. Rangers played the Oilers at Madison Square Garden. Wayne was there, and I was leaving the Garden with Wayne and Dave Maloney, my partner on the radio. And Wayne was just talking about um, needing a star in order to win in this league. He's like, it's not like the NBA, but you still need like that player. You need that. You know, like Pittsburgh's got Crosby, Washington's got Ovechkin. Um, he said, like St. Louis has got Tarasenko and O'Reilly, and and he started going back. You going back, you know, Montreal having Lafleur, and and then he gets to Edmonton, and he goes, you know, and and we in Edmonton, we had Curry, we had Messier. He didn't. He didn't mention himself. I just thought that was just so fascinating to me. Here's Wayne Gretzky, the greatest hockey player ever, one of the greatest athletes in the history of the world, and he's talking about needing a star to win a championship. And when he got to the Edmonton Oilers dynasty, he didn't mention himself. But the reason I tell that story is he's he's not an ego guy. He's not driven that way. He's going to analyze it. He's not going to be flamboyant like Charles Barkley. He's not going to say controversial things. But the reason I love the hiring is he's Wayne Gretzky, and when you're trying to sell a sport. You, the best way to do it is to sell it with the one person that everybody on the continent knows who he is. You don't have to be a hockey fan. You can hate hockey. You can hate sports, but you know who Wayne Gretzky is. So that's a great hire from TNT. I know we at ESPN were trying to get Wayne, but Wayne's going to be there. So he's not going to be Charles Barkley. He's not going to be Shaq. Or he's not going to be that way. But he is going to. He's a, he's exceptionally intelligent. Remember, 
when he played Wayne, he wasn't the fastest guy, but he was just so much smarter than everybody else. He knew exactly where to put himself in the right situation. So uh, I think from an analyst standpoint, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to, to hear from, and the exposure the sport will get from the hiring I think is terrific. So I just wanted to give my two cents on that. Want to hear from you, at Donald LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Uh, so let's go to the Twitter world, and let's start with Chuck. He says, now that we've seen Nashville make a little comeback against Carolina, do you think they have a legitimate chance to win the series? By the way, shout out to Ramapo. Yes, Ramapo Roadrunners. That's where I graduated, 1992. Um, I still think Carolina's going to win this series. But hey, listen, you're you're a goal away, right? Last night from taking a 3-2 series lead going back to Smashville to win this series. I, I don't think so. I think Carolina is the better team. Um, I've said this about Carolina many times. There's a multitude of guys that can score for them. Uh, Natchez has had a great series for them. Ajo has been very effective. So, no, uh, I can't rule it out. I mean, there's a game six in Nashville, and then you get to a game seven, anything can happen. But I still think the Carolina Hurricanes will figure out a way to win that series. Yankees and Penguins says, Hi, Don. Considering the roster they are going up against, would you say that the Penguins are playing with house money at this point in the series? Well, I don't think Mike Sullivan would ever say that because, let's face it, the Islanders can be had here, right? I, I think that the Penguins have played well enough that there's every reason to believe that they could still find a way to win this series. So I don't think anybody is going to in Pittsburgh is going to say house money. Do I think Pittsburgh is going to win this series? No, I don't. Um, I, I just think you had your opportunity. There was a moment. There was a chance. There was a possibility that that was going to happen when you had uh, Varlamov against it. But I think Sorokin now has become a great story. And I, I, I think this has been a very interesting year for Pittsburgh for sure. But I just don't think you could say it's house's money. But, hey, uh, look at it any way that you want to. But they've played too well in this series to just concede it. But a game at the Coliseum, I think, uh, is going to be very, very heavy lifting. I think the atmosphere, they've already been able to expand it to 9,000 fans, from what I understand, for the game tonight. So that is going to be a, a tough spot for the Penguins. David says, I'll be guess, I'll be gushing over the Florida Panthers again, but a tip of my cap to Spencer Knight's playoff debut and a clutch Game 5 win. If they can maintain this long term, the Panthers may finally have a solid core for a contender. Also, I really hope this series goes 7. I do too. You know That's going to mean winning a couple of games in a row. But I've seen it before, change in goaltender, a young goaltender. You know, I compared, you know, Spencer Knight and the possibility of him playing to, you know, uh, Sean Burke way back in the day for the Devils back in 88. Uh, but that that could be the difference, right? I mean, it's not it wasn't all of the goaltending for Florida. They, they just they were let down too many odd man rushes, too many people in front of the net. But maybe Knight can get something going here. And if you can force that game seven, it'll be in a wild and crazy sunrise that would be unbelievable. Uh, Richard says, hey, Don, how's your bracket going? Mine's already in the toilet with the Capitals and Oilers first-round casualties. From what you've seen so far, would you change your cup winner? No, I'm not. I'm going to stick with Vegas. I mean, I got Vegas versus Tampa. Now, certainly both have been more tested in the first round than I thought, especially Vegas. But, you know, Vegas has been able to do this without Pacioretty. They hope to be able to get him, you know, back to scoring some goals. I am not changing my cup winner. Flurry Whittle's a little shaky in game five, but I think overall he's going to be fine. So I got Vegas as my cup winner. I got Marc Andre Flurry as my consummate, and I'm sticking with. 
with that. But, hey, things can certainly change, especially after tonight. Robert says, do you think the Rangers are waiting for playoffs to end or certain teams to be eliminated before hiring a new coach? I read that Mike Sullivan may be a possibility and Pens could be eliminated soon. I'd love to see Mike Sullivan. I think Pittsburgh would be nuts to let him go. Um, I just think that they're doing a very, very thorough search, and that may mean interviewing some of the coaches or assistant coaches that are currently involved right now. So I don't think it's uh, we're waiting till after the playoffs are over. I think it's just talking to as many people as possible. Remember, Chris Drury has never been in this situation before. Anybody he has a chance to talk to, any knowledge he can garner from having conversations and interviews is going to be a good thing for him. So interview and talk to every everybody every possible candidate you can and yeah wait till after the playoffs are over maybe mike sullivan gets let go by pittsburgh i think that would be a mistake but if it is why not go and and sit there and have a conversation with him and and see where you go Uh, i can't imagine um who would be fired otherwise um, that you would want to talk to, just to talk, off the top of my head. I mean, Ron Brindamore has not gotten a contract yet from Carolina. Where you, would you want to talk to him? Um, I, I, I don't think John Hines is going anywhere. I'm not sure he would be a great fit if Nashville to make any kind of move. So, but I don't think it's we're waiting till the end of the playoffs. We don't want to take any attention away from what's happening in the playoffs. No, it's just taking the opportunity and the, the the chances that you have here. Sir Harvey Cruz says, how much does familiarity between teams come into play? Does it factor when you see the majority of series go six or seven games? Yeah, of course. Uh, that that that's that's gonna that's gonna breed a lot of. Um, information and I I guess there's a chance that you can see some parity just because there is no nuance right you know these teams you played these teams eight times uh in the case of uh, Edmonton and Winnipeg nine times I mean so yeah there's a lot of a wealth of knowledge that you have but it all kind of I I just think there's a lot of parity in this league to begin with I I do and you can ride a hot goaltender and you can ride a hot line um, I just think that there were a couple of clear mismatches. I thought Nashville-Carolina would be a mismatch. I was wrong about that. I did think that Colorado-St. Louis would be a mismatch. I was right about that one. But for the most part, really, I know there's a big difference between some of these teams. But look at Tampa-Carolina, uh, excuse me, Tampa-Florida, not that big of a difference, right? Pittsburgh and the Islanders, not that big of a difference at all. There was a big difference between Vegas and Minnesota, but we've talked about the problems that um, Vegas has had um, scoring goals, and that was going to be uh, a major problem for sure. Uh, there wasn't much a, a, of a difference between a lot of these matchups in these playoffs, just where the teams stand, stood and the mismatches that you did see. I, I think I think Toronto and Montreal is a mismatch. Toronto, uh, Montreal shocked me winning game one, but I don't think they're going to win another game. Just can't score. And I don't know how far Toronto's going to go, but Toronto was the better team, and I think that's showing. But otherwise, not much of a difference between these teams at all, certainly over a 56-game schedule, and I think that has shown and has made a really interesting um playoffs that I think it's just going to continue and be a lot of fun okay coming up on Friday we'll get a little bit more information on what we're doing here as far as the first round being done Um, there is the possibility that everything can be over when we talk to you again because we would be looking at game um, 
sevens in three series, and I don't think all three are going to go, but I think there's a chance that maybe we can get Florida and Tampa still being alive. I guess there's a chance that Minnesota, Vegas can still be alive. Islanders, Penguins can still be alive for games on Friday. But there's also a very good possibility that we'll be able to actually make predictions and sink our teeth into the second round by the time we get to Friday. So you want to talk to me at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct's the best way to go. We will talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.